You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. Welcome to our In Conversation program. Every week we talk to a sporting personality to find out just what makes them tick. From their early childhood, to their professional career, to their musical tastes. We cover it all. So sit back and enjoy as we talk to this week's special guest. Here on Three Valleys Radio. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to In Conversation. My guest today is none other than Welsh international, former Wrexham, Manchester United, Everton, Brighton... Uh, have I missed anybody? I probably have. Stoke City, Chelsea, uh, midfielder Mickey Thomas. W- Mickey, welcome to the show. That's probably the end of the show after you introduced me that long. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I'm happy to be here. Obviously, I had lots of clubs you just mentioned there. Yeah, you've had more clubs than Jack Nicholas, haven't you? <laughs> as the expression yeah, goes. <laughs> as the expression yeah, and goes. And a few nightclubs as well along the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, y- you first came to my sort of notice, I suppose. I think I'm right in saying, was it you who scored against Arsenal in the FA Cup for Wrexham? Yeah, 1992 that was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, probably the biggest shock in, not because I scored that goal, but uh, in history of the FA Cup, because all the league champions in Wrexham had finished 92nd the year before, so the gap was enormous, yeah. and uh, obviously they were favourites to win that game, and fortunately for them they didn't do that. No, and it, from what I can remember, I mean, we're going back a bit now, but from what I can remember, it was a pretty spectacular goal as well, wasn't it? Well, it was a 20-yard free kick um, on the about 20 yards outside and uh, we were losing one at the time eight minutes ago I thought well, I'm just going to hit this and I struck it yeah. right into this right hand corner uh, probably my best ever goal from a situation and then we get the winning goal by a guy called Steve Watkin who never really gets a mention in that game mm. but he scored the winning goal and the, the big thing about that was we never thought we were going to win the game yeah. so before that game I spoke to David Seaman who knew why I was of course I said to David, is it possible that the clubs you wear today that I could have for my son? Thinking that was the only thing we were going to get. Mm. Uh, so we win that game, and you can imagine the mayhem when that whistle went on 94 minutes. Yeah. Is that I was 10 minutes to get off the pitch, and I was walking down towards the tunnel, and David Seaman is standing by the Wrexham dressing door. And I'm walking towards him, I thought, I can't believe this. It's just been humiliated, probably the biggest shock ever. Yeah. So I get to him, I said, uh, I can't believe it. He said, Nicky, he said, I promise you the club to your son. He said, your mouth will happen. He said, they don't work anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that, that was a massive um, a cup upset. And as I said, it's well documented. It comes on every year of the FA Cup, the third round. That is you know, the biggest uh, shock of all time, as I said. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you, you were born in, in, in um, I don't know, if, uh, Mochre, is it? Mochre. Yeah. Uh, in, that was in, very nice. That, that was the council estate, yeah. In, in, in Wales, Wales. Not North Wales. I mean, how, yeah, yeah, North Wales, yeah. geographically, where is it roughly? I mean, where is it near? Uh, on the North Wales. In North Wales, obviously, that, um, 
um, landed low Colwyn Bay, which I've got a bit of a oh, name. Oh, Colwyn Bay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, about a mile from there, so like yeah. a, a lovely little council house. Um, I had windows in. We were posh in those days. We had windows, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> no, well, well, I'm Welsh myself. I'm, I was born in London, but actually, my both my parents are Welsh. My my mother was born in uh, oh, a place called oh. Pembrey, if you know it, near yeah. near Fosslas, the uh, racecourse. And my dad so was born in Aberdare, so. I've, oh, I know that well, yeah. I think yeah, I've got a fair good. bit of Welsh blood in me somehow. Oh, you've got some good in you, you've got some good in you. Yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, you, you obviously started off at Wrexham. I mean, well, I was reading the story here about the, the, the local factory set you up with some boots. Um, where is it? Quinton Hazel. Yeah, obviously I was a, a, only about 12 at the time and uh, didn't have any money. My family weren't really uh, uh, wealthy, so... I couldn't afford a pair of boots, so I was kicking a ball uh, watching the team play. It was a men's league, obviously. Yeah. And uh, I was only 12, it's going on 13, and uh, I was kicking the ball. I said, you know, good play. We might play you. And I thought, I turned 13, and they, they play me in the men's league. Yeah. Uh, and they bought me a pair of boots, the first boots I ever had. So it was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I've got a pair of football boots. But yeah. I played in that men's league at 13 years old, and... Uh, it was a tough league. Don't yeah. forget a proper men's league where, as you well know, in my era and probably the year before you and me, it was brutal. You know, you get kicked mm. all over the place. Yeah. But I had a, a I had a full back playing behind me. Was a notorious uh, uh, man, well known to everyone. That anyone that touched me, we sort them out. So I that much better off the opposing players. Uh, and who was that? That was Joey Jones, yeah. No, no, Joey was. Um, he played for Landon. He played for another team. Yeah. Uh, we joined Wrexham at the same time together. Right, right. And and how long did it take you to get from, from joining to, to getting a, a game in the first team at, at Wrexham? Well, I was um, just uh, turned 17. Um, we joined at 15 uh, as apprentice, and then there was a catalogue of injuries at Wrexham, and uh, the manager said to me, uh, I'm going to give you your debut. It was away at Bournemouth, it was. Um, I, was in the, I was in the 12, so I'm in, the, I'm in that 12, and... I don't start the game, but Wrexham are getting beat by Bournemouth. Ted McDool, uh, a very good player for them, uh, mm. really top goal scorer, that, like they were the team. So I came on sub, and I had one shot in 10 minutes, a great shot, and I nutmegged the full-back Mel Machin, who became a manager at Man City. Yeah. I put the ball through his legs, and he said, you do that again? He said, I'll break your legs. I said, hey, it's Christmas time. He said, makes no difference, I'll break your legs. But I, did it, I, I didn't, didn't phase me, I kept on going, and... And, and as I came off after the game, the man said, we might have lost this game. He said, but you just made a, a big statement mm. of a great future in football. Yeah. Yeah. No, so that was great. That was great. It's interesting that that Mel Machen, it's, um, we had a player that used to play for us called Colin Pluck, or he changed his name to Colin Mars. And he had a sort of theory. Every time he came on at Yeovil, the first tech tackle was, was almost a leg breaker. It wasn't. But he made yeah, sure yeah, that yeah, they knew yeah, he was around, yeah. you know. And I used to take the yeah. mickey out of him. And he said, "Yeah, well, you know, you've got to." He said, "You've got to let them know you're around," and it certainly worked yeah. because. Um, yeah, without doubt. Matey boy, that's yeah, just just signed from um, uh, on loan from Bayern Munich. I, I can't think of his name. Marcel Stetch, the, the new guy over the weekend. <laughs> He, he he came on, yeah. Now he he came on, and and the very first tackle it, it was a Colin Miles type one. I thought he went really strong in, didn't he? 
Yeah, absolutely. But but you know you know I think it it works because you know quite clearly if if you're the if you're on the receiving end you're going to be a little bit sort of thoughtful next time you come up against the bloke and think you're going to get another one. Yeah, yeah, it makes you think twice about what you do when you get that ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you have to. That's that's what you have to do. You know, you have so, to obviously be aware that people are going to come in and kick you. So you were in the. Um, uh, you got as far as the quarterfinals of the European Cup Winners' Cup in '76 with Wrexham, um, before you eventually lost to Anderlecht. I mean, for Wrexham, that must have been, a, you know, a real feather in the cap. It was. Uh, I missed the replay because I, I had a very serious injury. Um, I played at um, Southend United away uh, about a month before that, and I had a challenge on me, and I thought I broke my leg. Initially, I went to the hospital in Southend. Uh, a very serious cut on my leg as well, so I thought it's fine anyway. I got an infection, which little did I know was very, very serious. I ended up in hospital for quite a long time. Um, Tom Allison came to see me, and that lots of other uh, people came to see me while I was in hospital. I didn't think I was ever going to play again, um, but I, I came back after that because um, that was a very big concern for me. But I came back and, and started playing again, so that was a, a probably. Probably my worst moment in football. That very young age, thinking I might not ever play football again yeah. with, the, with the injury I had. Yeah, so mm. I got over that. Yeah, very lucky. Got a massive infection. I, I, I was in hospital for a long, long time. But you're okay now. That's the main thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. what, what were the highlights of your time at Wrexham? Would you say during the, your time there? I mean, you were there for what two, three years? Was it? Well, I was there a long time. No, five uh, years. Yeah, I was there a long time. As um, what happened is. When you uh, get the opportunity to be a professional football, that was the highlight. I, the manager, John Neal, who became Chelsea and Middlesbrough manager, he said to me, oh, after training, I'm going to make you a professional footballer. So that was a big moment. Um, I've had some great times at Wrexham in the European Cup, some men's games. We got to the quarterfinal, the FA Cup in one season, at the same time as the, the, which is called now the Carabao Cup, got by, beat by Liverpool in that. In the FA Cup, we got beat by Arsenal. Very unlucky not to win that game. Uh, getting promotion uh, into the, which is called now the championship. They've never been that high before. Um, winning that last game to get promotion against Rotherham at the racecourse ground, we won 7-1 uh, cool. to get promotion. Yeah, it was a great occasion because mm. the year before we should have gone up, but we lost out in dramatic circumstances, and that was a heartbreaker. But to respond like we did as a team and to win it in that fashion was was magnificent. Uh, Twenty-eight thousand plus. Packed in that uh, race course ground. So amazing, um, amazing. Would, would the Arsenal game have been the sort of highlight? Do you think? You know, the goal. Well, that was near the. Well, it was at 37 years old, um, coming to the end of my career to get that goal. That was probably and it is still as as I did BBC on 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 the Saturday doing Sheffield United game and the woman interview said that goal is so iconic. It's probably the best ever goal in FA Cup in terms of who it was against and, and, and who you were playing for. Mm. So in that respect, I, I wouldn't disagree with it. I, I think that moment um, to win that game and to get that equaliser goal in that way was uh, special for me. Yeah, yeah. That's great times at Wrexham, as I said. I, you know, we, we beat the Middlesbrough. You know, don't forget when Wrexham in the lower division. We beat Middlesbrough, we beat Newcastle, we beat Southampton, Bristol City, you know, a top team as well. It was incredible um, team we had, uh, and John Neal got that together. Narvin Griffiths eventually took over. Uh, he was the manager when we we got promotion. 
So, yeah, it, it was a good period of time for me, but mm. I was always already getting the attention of other managers. I, I turned down Aston Villa, I turned down Tottenham, I turned down quite a host of clubs before. Eventually, when Manchester United come knocking, then you're, you're going to answer the door on them, of course. Yeah. Now, you've got um, a, a few of your favourite songs for us, Mickey. Um, let, let's hear the first. What's your first first record choice, then? Oh, I'm going to go through Rod Stewart, Young Turks. I like, I like that record. It's, it's quite... I like Rod Stewart. I know Rod. I met him a, a couple of times and played football with him. Uh, I like that record, yeah. Okay, fine. We'll come up with that one then.
we can't we can't leave Wrexham without talking about the current situation at Wrexham. Um, I presume you've been back. I presume you've met the two guys from Hollywood that have that bought the club. I mean, what do you feel about it? Well, obviously, the last fifteen years took over over two years ago. Um, Wrexham been very serious. Really went first in. You can imagine the last fourteen years before they took over. Uh, was really a bad time for Wrexham Football Club. Um, hardly any crowd. I, remember, uh, I think four to five thousand stalwart Wrexham fans um, that stuck with them through a difficult time. Um, the, the football wasn't great. That they, they weren't really doing anything. Uh, this new owner, uh, Rob and Ryan, have come in. Uh, they've changed everything now. It, it, it's a different place. It's a different. Um, uh, Wrexham because Wrexham now not just a football club but everyone around that area is benefiting from Rob and Ryan because they're making a fast amount now everyone's business everyone's smiling Wrexham are major new Wrexham are global now mm. uh, you know a national team are global so you know it's, the change is quite extraordinary because you know I've seen it through the bad times um, but to see this now to get how can I say, to get this uh, uh, players in, in the National League, I know you have to say probably they've been enticed with money, but it's still a magnificent achievement. Mm. And, you know, it's just going from strength to strength. It, it doesn't seem, though, it's like a ride, a runaway train. You can't stop at this moment in time. It, it, it's impossible to do that. It's just everything seems to be perfect, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch. Yeah. Well, they, they certainly don't seem to be... Um shall I say, perceived in the same light as, say, the Glazers do at Man United. I mean, they, they've come and they've sort of lifted everybody and, and you know, it's, it's, it's a... It's, so it's, they're fantastic uh, people. I mean, Wrexham, um, you know, we're going nowhere and these guys have come in, they are fantastic people. And, you know, at the moment in time, they, they can't do nothing wrong. And, it, and it, it's a joy to watch the players. The most important thing is to make it work properly anyway. You know, there's no reason having all that money and having... It happens on the pitch, and that if that is um, going well, then everything else will take care of itself. No, absolutely. Ricky, let's yeah. have you, let's, let's, while we're at this point, let's, let's have your, your second musical choice. What, what have you got for us this time, then? Pretenders, I'll stand by you. If you're mad 
Well, that was the pretenders there, and I'll stand by you. So when the offer came in from Man United, uh, you know, you, you said yourself you turned down a few. Uh, I mean, Man United must have been, you know, a real, uh, create a real buzz in your mind, I would imagine, wouldn't it? Oh, well, without doubt. Um, I, I got the phone call on a Monday night, uh, half past ten at night, from the manager, Arvin Griffey, saying that we've had an offer from Manchester United of three hundred thousand um, pound, you know, we, we, you know, we need the money. We need to sell you. You, know, you, you have to go. And I said, "Oh, you don't have to ask me twice." He said, "I'm, I'm, I'm on my way now." By the way, <laughs> so that 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 was a big moment, um, and that was going to change my life. Obviously, playing at Wrexham, obviously doing well, but Manchester United are, are, are the highest level and one of the biggest teams in the world uh, of football. So, I am now going to get an opportunity to play for the greatest team. Uh, in the world, so what an what experience that's going to be. Um, I had to have a medical the next day. Yeah. I passed that. I played my last game for Wrexham on the Wednesday against Leicester City at the Filbert Street. I was made captain for the day uh, for the game. I scored a goal, equalising goal. Didn't finish that uh, game. Uh, obviously, the excitement because Dave Sexton, the manager, was at the game and he, he met me after the game. Uh, and he obviously told me why he wanted to sign me. You know, I always liked you. You've got a great left foot. And my strikers love the type of ball you can supply for them. Uh, and, you know, on, on the Thursday, then I had to go into Old Trafford to uh, meet the, the media. And that's when I knew my life had changed because all the media in this big room and asked me questions. It was quite terrifying because I never really had that experience at Wrexham in terms of media uh, coverage on one one player no. so that was a that was a big moment for me so uh, I met the players on the Friday uh, on the Friday I'm driving to Old Trafford to meet the players at, the, at the Old Trafford I, I have to stop the car I'm very very nervous I'm physically sick on the side of the motorway <laughs> I get to Old Trafford and I, I meet Steve Koppel who was walking in uh, he took me into the dress room and there was Martin Buchan, my first uh, introduction to the players. He shook my hand and he took me around each individual player, Joe Jordan, Steve Cropwell, uh, Matt Stevie, uh, Sammy McElroy, uh, Lou Macari. So that was uh, you know, quite daunting for a player coming from a very small club in Wrexham. Yeah. Uh, we, walked around, we walked around the old traffic pits that morning and the manager came up to me and said, Mickey, you will make your debut against Chelsea at uh, Stamford Bridge tomorrow. We will be travelling down this afternoon on train, first class, and we will be in a hotel, which was a five-star hotel, mm. something that I had never experienced with Wrexham. So that was it, really. And, and, you know, I mean, absolutely on top of the world, I imagine. You all were obviously nervous, well, but, but nonetheless, I mean, well, yeah. you know, happy. Well, I'm delighted, um, of course, because my next uh, day was going to be making my debut. So we are now going to Stamford Bridge. We're getting a police escort uh, to the game. That was I've never seen that before. Normally, the police would be behind me, chasing me, but it was unbelievable <laughs> because because when we get when we get to the ground, uh, get into the restroom, I'm going to wear the number 11 shirt. Uh, I'm putting on my boots and that, and I, I could see that this was a different dressing room from the one the week before. Wrexham, everyone's having a joke and a laugh. Uh, obviously, Manchester United, there's more pressure on you to, to deliver. You can see the players are obviously a little bit nervous uh, waiting for the game. But I make my debut, and I made the goal for Jimmy Greenough. We win that game 1-0, so and it was a perfect start because my next game was going to be at Old Trafford in front of 58,000. 
thousand fans yeah. uh, against Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, so I entered the field at Old Trafford for the third time, come down the famous tunnel, and I've come onto the pitch and uh, 58,000 single man, and there's only one Mickey Thomas. So that was a lovely experience, and we win that game by, by two goals to nil. So it was a good first two games for me personally. Yeah, absolutely. What was Dave Sexton like? He always gave the impression he was I, I quite him. quiet. He was a quiet man, but very, very strong in terms of what he wanted. He, you know, his father was a famous barefist boxing champion, and you know he was no soft touch day section. He's very, very uh, in the modern game. He would have been amazing because he was so far ahead of everything. You know, I loved him, and, and the players loved him as well. He didn't get that. Um, Credit, I think he deserves after a lot of people in the game in the media side of it. I thought he'd done well. Obviously, he eventually had the sack, but you know, I, I, I admired him, I respected him, and a lot of players I, I know that played at that period in time thought the world of him. Hmm, yeah, but I mean, let's face it, you say he had the sack, but I mean, any manager going into the job knows he's going to end up getting the sack. I mean, just apart from Sir Alec Ferguson, perhaps, but it's, it's just almost sort of you know, inevitable, it, it always happens, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I mean that—that's the nature of the job. It's, it's you know it's the biggest job in football, so you can understand it comes with extreme pressure. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, he was very, very unlucky um, in terms of not winning something. We, we lost the FA Cup final in 1979 uh, in dramatic fashion, the last second of that game. Mm. Uh, Alan Sonnen scoring the winner. We finished two points behind Liverpool, and Liverpool were dominating football in that period of time. So, you know, we were very lucky in that respect. Yeah, yeah, well. But, you I'm know, a... but, but, yeah, but that's the way it was. It's so, so unlucky. Who could have, I mean, I can't forget that one. And certainly, I mean, you know, when Sammy scored, I thought, oh, this is it now, we're going to go on and win it. And just, it's just unbelievable when, when um, Sunderland went and, you know, you just couldn't believe it was happening. Yeah. It was... Yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was cool because yeah. we didn't deserve that. I think Bob Paisley on one side and Brian Clough on the other channel, you know, said we deserve to win that game, but that's the FA Cup football for you, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely it is. It's, that's right. But, uh, you know, looking back in your time at United, you were there for 72... To, no, sorry, 73 years. Um... Yeah. What what was the real highlight? Was it was there a real highlight, or was it was it was it the whole experience, or what? I, I think the whole experience. I mean, I, I found it difficult at times. You know, I found the pressure too much. For me, I, you know, some games I didn't really express myself. Um, I found it difficult to settle into it. Really, I really found it hard. And you know, I, I had I had, I had my problems there because you know, as you said. People don't understand that side of it, that it can come and it can affect you in certain ways, and you know, mentally and that, and it, it did affect me. I, I really found it difficult at times to play at home. So, you know, now I work there, now I'm, I enjoy it, I don't feel any pressure. Uh, in my in my time, it was never identified about pressure. You know, nowadays they look after you 24 yeah. 7. I had no one really to confine in that, I was really struggling in that way. Uh, but as I said, I played 110 games, 15 goals, whatever. Uh, I didn't do too bad in that short period of time. No, definitely not. I don't think you can uh, argue with that. Certainly. But did, did you know? Was any of the players kind of th you know your best mate sort of thing more so than the others? I mean, I'm sure you were friendly with all of them. But was, oh, I was, was friendly with all of them, really. They're all you know, they all everyone's everyone's different, aren't they? And that. So, you know, I used to live in Wales, so I used to travel back home fairly regularly, and that. So. Yes, I like Sammy McCoy, was a great player, Steve Coppel, and that. They were all good players, Lee McCarr. They're all nice people, really. Mm. It's, you know, mm. They've all got their own way of dealing with things as well. 
Was was Brian Robson there then during that time, or was he? He came after me. He, he just came after me, Robbo. Right. Came after okay. Me, Robbo, yeah. So what? Yeah. Same same time as when Remy Moses signed, I presume then. Yeah, just after I think Remy came yeah. after as well. Yeah. 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 So, uh, what sort of tilted the balance, shall we say, that you decided to leave eventually in uh, in nineteen eighty one? I wanted to go. I, I seen the chairman. Uh, I spoke to him the other day. I said, "Just, I, I needed to get away and to get back to being me, you know, enjoy myself, and and get away from that type of pressure, which you know, yeah. uh, as I said, I really couldn't deal with." Uh, and then obviously uh, I went missing one or two times, never turned up to go to Kuala Lumpur, Singapore. So uh, got fined two weeks wage, and then I just said I need to get away to, to try and get back to being myself and that. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you know, Ron Atkinson took over. I met Ron. I, I told him exactly he wanted to try and keep me. So I mind you, as a as a player, as a as a manager, West Bromwich Albion, you always play well against us. I'll give it a go. But I said no, I really want to go. I ended up going to Everton. Yeah, yeah, but but looking at the the, the timing, you only played ten games according to Wikipedia for Everton. Yeah, actually, actually, it was it was thirteen unlucky thirteen for me. Uh, it was yeah because yeah. I got injured and in I got injured in that thirteenth game, and uh, I thought I was going to be out for a lengthy time. Um, and for see for me, um, I, I'm quite an aggressive individual, and I, I, I say things from the heart. So I I missed the Wednesday game against Middlesbrough, but on the Saturday Everton were playing Manchester City. Uh, so I went in on the third or Friday. Uh, I said to Howard Kendall, "I'm okay for tomorrow's game." He said, "No, you're not playing tomorrow. I'm going to save you for the Liverpool game the week after." Yeah. And I said, "Oh no!" I said, "I want to play tomorrow." I said, I, I know, "I'm fit now." And he goes, no, no, and an argument developed. And, you know, obviously you, you, you don't win against a manager. And Howard no. Kendall was one of the greatest managers of all time at Everton. Yeah. He said, well, I want you to play for... Now you're being awkward, he said. I want you to play for the reserves at Newcastle. So I said to him to his face, I said, I won't be playing against Newcastle. I ain't turning up. So I didn't turn up. So the writing was on the wall. I broke the rules. He had no alternative, but he had to sell me. Mm. So he called me in on the Monday, find me two weeks' wages. Then he said to me, uh, you're back in the first team against Liverpool next Saturday. Tuesday, I trained with the first team. Wednesday, Everton had a day off. So I went in training because I didn't play on the Saturday. And as I finished training, I'm playing pool in, upstairs in the, in, in the canteen area with a guy called Billy Wright, who is the captain of Everton. Yeah. And Howard Kendall, this is, uh, Howard Kendall walks past me and said, I want to see you in my office. So I, I, said, to, I said to Billy Wright, something's up here. So I went into his office and he said, right, sit down. He said, he said I'm going to call it a day. I said, I think you're doing a great job. He said, no, not me. He said, you're going to go. <laughs> yeah. He said, there's a private jet. Let's be careful. Your boots are packed. Get on it. And I said, where am I going to? He said, Brighton, Hove Albion Football Club. I've made an offer for you. So as I'm on that private jet going down to Gatwick Airport, I'm on the plane saying to myself, there's no way I'm going to sign for Brighton. I'm going to come back to Everton. Yeah. So I land, at, I land at Gatwick Airport. I get picked up by a guy called Jimmy Melia, uh, who became manager eventually. He picks me up, takes me to a hotel. I met the manager, Mike Bailey, and I met the chairman. Eight o'clock at night, I'm in the hotel. We're having a meal, discussing terms about me playing for Brighton. They offered me a lot of money. And I kept saying to him, no, I am not interested in signing for you. I'm going to go back to Everton. 
what happened was about half nine quarter to ten, I decided I need to go to the toilet for a week. So I've gone to the toilet. I think coming out of the toilet in the hotel, they had a, they had a big screen, a, a TV. And on that screen, it was midweek sports special. Yeah. And on that sports special, my, my picture saying Mickey Thomas is signed for Brighton and the whole Albion Football Club for half a million pounds. Right. I thought I haven't signed. I thought I haven't signed for half a million pounds. I'm not agreed on anything. But two or three bottles of wine later, I had signed for Brighton. <laughs> I didn't realise. I didn't realise I signed for what I signed for. Him. So that's, that was a massive problem. So the next day, I seen the manager, Mike Brady. I'm going to meet the media and the press. I'm saying, listen, I've done the wrong thing. I said, you've got me drunk last night. I didn't want to sign. I said, I've signed. I've done the wrong thing. He said, oh, you can't go back now on your word. You, you, you've signed. Yeah. I played 20, 20-odd games for Brighton. I yeah. scored one goal. That yeah. hit me on the head by accident when the back in there. They sold me 10 months later to Stoke City for £200,000. They lost £300,000 within a year on me because I caused mayhem. Yeah. I, I don't blame myself for that one. I blame them for the, uh, putting me under pressure when yeah. I didn't really want to sign. Time for another of Mickey's Choice of Music. And we've got Mr Bruce Hornsby, The Way It Is.
just the way it is Some things will never change That's just the way it is That's just the way Sound of Bruce Hornsby there, and the way it is. But it, you know, it, it sounds to me the pressure got to you at Man United, but I'm surprised that to a degree that the pressure didn't get you to Everton. I mean, Everton were and still are a big club, aren't they? I mean, right, they're not quite as oh, big as Liverpool. Club. Yeah, a massive club, but, but you know, United are different levels to anyone. Yeah, I don't think anyone would argue with that. Yeah, they are the biggest. Even when Man United aren't winning things, they're the headline news. Oh yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But of course, you know how times have changed. Because I mean, Brighton now are, are quite a big side. And quite a, you know, quite Brighton, a, they've yeah, done Brighton, well. But, uh, yeah, I love. Brighton. I always look for their results as well. I look for all my teams I play for. It takes me about an hour uh, after the game to look at all the teams I play for to see mm. how they get on. I remember yeah. when when Brighton played it. I, I can't remember what it was. It called with Dean. I think something like that. Just outside Brighton when, yeah. when we used to go down with Yeovil and. Uh, Russell Slade was a manager down there at the time. Yeah, I, I didn't play at that ground. I didn't play that. I played at the Golson ground. Yeah, but um, you know, and when you look at that ground, and it was like, well, it was a sort of a athletic stadium, I think, from what I can remember. I, 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 I've been. I went there once, yeah, because yeah. I met Des Lyland there, and uh, cause he, uh, he, I was one of his favourite players. I don't know why, because I was only there for about ten months, but he loved me. <laughs> well, uh, Des Lyland. <laughs> don't knock yeah. it. Don't knock it, Mickey. Yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of Des. Yeah. So, so you ended up then at Stoke City, where you were 82 to 84, uh, around 50, I would say around, because it's Wikipedia and you never know with them, around 57 appearances, but sounds like you settled in there well. Yeah, I went play the year that year. I, I, was, uh, I scored double figures in goals. I missed only one game. Um, I've, 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 never, I've never really told this story properly. Um, I played 41 games out of 42. I played nine weeks with injections in my knee. Mm. I won player of the year. Uh, I had an uh, agreement with a manager, Richie Barker. God bless his soul. He was a great manager and a lovely guy. Mm. I love Richard. God bless his soul. Uh, uh, and a guy called Bill Astry was his assistant. So the next year, the next season, we're playing Evan first game away at uh, Goodison Park. And I get called into his office. And he said, about that extra money I was going to give you, I'm not going to give it you. <laughs> Uh, so that, for me, was one of the worst things. I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I said, excuse me, I said, 
I played every game except one. I played nine weeks with injections for you. I said, I've won play of the year, I said, and, and, yours, and the double figures in gold, and you're not going to stick to your word. Hmm. I said, well, I'm not, I'm not going to be playing tomorrow at Everton. This was, when, this was a massive fallout with me and him. Hmm. So I, I do play at Everton, but f- from that moment, me and him didn't get on. Uh, he changed the style of play. We had a, we had a midfield of Sammy McElroy, Paul Bracewell and myself that we're never going to be involved. His his tactics changed from being a great side of having Mark Chamberlain in the side of winning football games. Stoke had a great season. He changed it to hitting a long ball, uh, bypassing the midfield. Mm. Well, that was his downfall. He eventually got the sack uh, and eventually, you know, I, I, I was playing, but... You know, he went Richard. I felt sorry for Richard because, you know, he had a, a, a system that he wanted to change from being successful the year before to this system, and no one enjoyed it. No one liked it. No, it fun- was a nightmare. Funnily enough, I'm just uh, nearly finished reading um, Sammy McElroy's book, The, the Last Busby Babe, and he, he mentions about that that particular uh, you know changing to the long ball and the fact that nobody likes it and all the rest of it. So it's it's uh, quite interesting really to be reading that when I'm talking to you at the same time. So, so yeah, that's a true story. Well, yeah, so that's mm. what happened. Yeah. yeah so, so eventually, I, eventually there again, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on. Well, no, he goes, and Bill Ashby really didn't handle me very well, uh, and then Chelsea came in. Mm. Well, before we go to Chelsea, what about your third record choice, Mickey? Um, I'm gonna go with Bruce Springsteen, Dancing in the Dark. Bruce Springsteen, the boss. Okay. The boss.
Springsteen there and dancing in the dark. So, um, Chelsea have come in. Um, you played 44 games for them, 1984 to 85. You know, how did that... Obviously, you had a fallout, but, I mean, was that the main reason for leaving, leaving Stoke? That was that... Well, they wanted to sell me in the end. Uh, they sold me. Uh, I, I don't know why his fans favourite, but the fans went mad when I left. But, yeah, I, I left. Um, I went to Chelsea because John Neal was a, my former manager at Wrexham. He wanted to sign me. Yeah. Um, I, I think I played 54 games uh, exactly for them. But I, I signed for Chelsea. Uh, they were on the verge of promotion back into the big time. But he wanted me to be the final piece in the jigsaw. We went 21 games while I joined undefeated. Uh, we win the championship. We beat Sheffield Wednesday to the title. And they went back into the, which, which is called now the Premier League. And according to this, you scored nine goals. Does that sound about right? Um, I, I'm not sure how many goals I scored, because I can't remember all of them. But mm. um, I scored two goals on my home debut against Sheffield Wednesday. It was it was a, it was a debut to never forget. You know, Chelsea fans will talk about that game. Two goals on my debut it was amazing. Mm, no, absolutely. I'm sure it will. Any any debut to score goals must be good, but to get two as yeah, well, I see yeah, better than yeah, 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 and win the game three two as well. I made the third goal, so it was a, it was a magical day. I nearly missed that game before the game. I I had a a physio, a normal medic who, who passed away now. I, I had a migraine. Never had migraine in my life, and I I said to the manager, I can't play. I said I'm in, I'm in horrific pain. Uh, but he did a lot of work on me uh, in terms of clicking my neck. I never had it done before, but it seemed to relax me. And then I, I eventually, it was a last-minute decision that I played. And I, I went on to score two goals and, and, and made the third. So uh, what a debut that was. Yeah, absolutely. But you were only there for a year, so... so you know, did it, did it, months, I think I was there for, yeah. Was it, yeah did, it, did it not work out, or, or was it just... No, I, well, it didn't work out because John Neal got ill. John Holland took over, and we had a deal, me and Joey Jones, that we could travel to London and you know and, and play play for Chelsea. Mm. Uh, he didn't really like that. It wasn't affecting our performances, but you know he wanted change, and obviously he, he made changes in that respect in terms of you know because we wouldn't move down. Mm. Um, so I eventually leave Chelsea. Uh, fans again were, weren't happy with John Holland. He eventually lost his job after that. But um, yeah, it was it was something that I didn't really want to happen, but it did happen. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, next up was West Bromwich Albion. Um, Twenty. That was a funny. That was a funny move. That was because um, uh, I, I went to see the chairman Ken Bates, uh, who was a great chairman for Chelsea. Um, he was like the manager as well. He made a lot of decisions on me. He said, uh, "We've had an offer for you." 
Uh, well, John Hollings said to me at the training ground, he said, the, the chairman wants to see you. And I said, no, you mean the manager, don't you? So I went <laughs> to the Stamford Bridge for the training ground from Heathrow mm-hmm. Airport. And I've got to the training gr- uh, to the ground and uh, the conversation, he said, we've had a, a few officers to chat to you to make a few bob. He said, uh, we've had Leeds United. He said, we've had Birmingham. He said that we've also had West Bromwich Albion. Funny enough, Mick, he said, John, uh, John, um, I've got, I've got, I've got a blank. Johnny Giles, sorry, Johnny Giles, sorry, let's talk that again. Johnny Giles uh, wants to meet you, and now I was a big fan of Johnny Giles because he was a great player at Leeds United. So mm. this is how it worked. Uh, I went down uh, to a hotel, and as I'm coming to the door of the hotel, I can't remember the chairman's name, but he said, Mickey said, you've got to sign for uh, for West Bromwich. My son's a big fan of yours. That was the chairman. So uh-huh. I've gone upstairs to meet John. Uh, Johnny Giles, and you know, um, I love Johnny Giles as a player, and I'm, I'm, I can't believe I'm talking to one of the great players of football. And he said, "I want you to sign this, Mick. We're in trouble. We need to get you. We need to get you into the team." And I said, oh, "I'm not so sure." I said, "You know, uh, you're bottom of the table." And he goes, "Well, no, you don't have to come into train. Just come and sign because you know I want you to play for us." So I said, "Well." Wait, he said, we're playing tomorrow night. Come and watch. We were playing, I think it was Port Vale, and I think they got beat. So I met him in the office after. He goes, you're not going to sign? I said, well, I'll sign for you because I, 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 you know, I like you. I respect you. you know, I'll come to you. So I've signed for West Bromwich Albion on the Thursday, met the players on the Friday. My first game was at Coventry City for West Bromwich Albion. We get beat 3 0. I gave a penalty away in the first 15 minutes. I don't think it was a penalty because I only fell on the board, but they give it as a penalty. We lose the game. We get into the dressing room, and I only signed for West Bromwich Island for Johnny Giles, but there's a massive argument between manager Johnny Giles and the players, and it's really heated. Yeah. I won't say exactly what was said, but anyway, then Johnny Giles walks out. Anyway, I go back home to Wales. In the morning, I wake up, and I get a phone call. Johnny Giles has resigned as manager of West Bromwich Albion. I thought, I've only signed for him and he's gone. <laughs> so I thought, oh my, I played 30 games out of 30 for West Bromwich Albion. Yeah. Johnny Giles was, was replaced by a man who you know well, Nobby Styles, who won the World Cup and won everything. Right. And now I, he, loved, he loved me, so I'm playing for Johnny Giles now. And everything's going well. And we played Chelsea, the team I used to play for. Uh, so we're playing them and after the game I get called into the medical room he says can I have a word with you I go yeah he goes Mickey said I've won the European Cup he said I've won the World Cup he said I've never seen a player get reception off opposing fans like that Chelsea he said, he said, what did you do when you were there? I said, I just, I just couldn't lose a game when I played for him. I said, I became a firm favourite. He said, that was amazing then Nobby Styles got taken over by a guy called Ron Saunders yeah. who was a Vex Villa and Birmingham manager yeah so he pulled me to one side. He said, um, "He said you won't be playing for West Bromwich Albion unless you move to to this area." Right. I said, "Well, I'm I, I am not moving to this area. I live in Wales." I said, "I got an agreement in my contract with Johnny Giles that I can travel every day to training." Hmm. Well, he, he said, "As far as I'm concerned, if you don't you don't you don't move here, you won't be playing." I said, "Well, fair enough. I won't be playing." So eventually, I, I get transferred to, uh, from West Bromwich Albion to America. Yeah, um, that was something completely different. Indoor football. Um, well, first of all, where's Wichita? Uh, Kansas, 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 Kansas right? Mid, 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 Midwest, yeah, Kansas. Yeah. So yeah. I've signed for them. I signed for. Uh, uh, 
uh, for a guy called Charlie Cook. He used to play for Chelsea. Yeah, I remember him, yeah. Yeah, yeah what a player. What a yeah, player. he so was. I signed yeah. for them. Indoor soccer. Sold out every game, 10,000 indoor crowd. Um, I was getting sent off every other week, so it wasn't very good for me. I kept getting sent off. So what happened was I, um, I, I obviously didn't like it. it was, we lost a semi-final in Vancouver. So I'm in the dressing room after the game and that. And Charlie Cook comes in and he goes, "You've been sent off again." I said, "They." I said, "I didn't realise what I said." I said, "I said in a proper game, I said I wouldn't have been sent off." And these American players look at me and said, "What does he mean by a proper game?" <laughs> so, they, they didn't understand, you know, the physicality in our game. You could, you could do, but indoor soccer, you couldn't do that. Nah. Well, I, I mean, I must have. I've never really seen indoor, indoor soccer. Well, I suppose I have occasionally, but, but I mean, that was only sort of five aside. But I mean, it wasn't five aside, was it? This what you were playing. It's indoor five aside, but roll on, roll off. It was it was very interesting. I mean, but I, as I said, you couldn't get any physicality. I was getting sent no. off every second. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. So I, I I decided to come back home then. Yeah, and you went to Shrewsbury for. Yeah, I came back, and that that was the only team that would take an opportunity on me because the manager was Ian McNeil, right. and uh, he uh, I went up there, and he goes uh, I, I, one training session, and he goes, oh, I'm signing you. He said you're fitter than anyone. I, I got bad headlines in the newspapers. The local guy gave me a really bad uh, headline saying, oh, Mickey Thomas is a great player. He said, but it would be too busy in the nightclubs. I thought, this guy doesn't even know me. <laughs> so anyway, um, I played every game except one that season. Um, yeah. I won play the se- I won every, every play of the season. I had four trophies. I won all them. Um, and then they want me to be manager. So, cut a long story short, what happened was the last game of the season, we were playing Leeds United at, at Shrewsbury Town. We lose the game, whatever. I don't know what the score was. Anyway, as I'm coming off, uh, as I'm finishing my uh, shower, I come out of the dressing room, going into the bar, players' bar, and a guy called Mick Hennigan, assistant manager at Leeds United, goes, Mickey said, can you give us a call at Ellen Road on Monday? So I said, yeah, no problem, thinking it was for a guy called Bernard McNally who played for Shuby, who had a full sale sign on his back before the game. He was a good player. So I said to him in the bar, give me your telephone number. I think Leeds United want to sign you. Because I was 30-something odd, 35, I can't remember. So as I'm I'm, um, going out the ground, I'm thinking, right, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll ring him on Monday. So I rung Ellen Rose on the Monday. And the conversation went like this. I said, it's Mickey Thomas here. And it was that Mick Hennigan. He goes, hang on, Mickey. I'll get the manager for you now. Yeah. And this is the conversation. He goes, hi, Mickey. He says, how do you fancy playing for Leeds United? This yeah. is Howard Wilkinson. Yeah. My exact words were, I said, you can do one. I said, you've slacked me off as a player. He goes, no, he said, I've always admired you. He said, because when I scored two goals on my debut against Sheffield Wednesday, he was the manager for Sheffield Wednesday. Right. And the headlines the next day were great, except for his. He said, Mickey Thomas, top player, he said everything, he said, until he gets fed up with the manager. I thought, he doesn't even know me, and he's having, he's having a go at me. So yeah. I explained that to him. And I signed for Leeds with Vinnie Jones and uh, Mel Sterling, uh, Jim Beglin, uh, and a lot of other players as well. Yeah. And, and I played, but I, had, I, had, I got injured about 10 days or 14 days before the season started in a friendly. And I came back for the first game after 14 days. That's an operation. I played at the first game of the season at Newcastle, which I should have done. And then I injured my knee again and I played four more games after, or three more games after that. And that was it. I had four more operations while I was at Leeds. Never played again after that. Uh, uh. So you ended up back at Stoke, though? Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. I, I ended back. Yeah, I ended back. I, I, I went. I went to Stoke, didn't I? Obviously, I, I went to Stoke, and I went to Wrexham after that, didn't I? Mm, that's it. Yeah, I went to yeah, yeah. I went to Stoke and went to Wrexham. And I, so yeah, Alan Ball signed me at Stoke. Wanted me to play for them again. So that was good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, and then uh, I would play this season. Then, then Alan Ball got the sack, and I got released. And then I put Wrexham. Huh. So complete circle, really. Then. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. But I was still wanted, even though I was getting on the news. People still wanted to sign me. I, I, I don't know why. <laughs> oh, well, I presume it's because you were a good footballer. What, why else? <laughs> you know. That's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've done well in that respect. Yeah, I've always people, even though I was a bit of a lad, people always wanted to sign me. So yeah. that was it. But um, it's inevitable. I've, got, I've just mentioned it. it. When you were back at Wrexham, I take it that was when you had a slight uh, contretemps with the old Bill, and uh, they didn't like some of your activities. Was that was that then? Well, allegedly, yeah, and that's that's what happened. And it was obviously, um, I don't think I was guilty. I don't want to get into detail, but I, I, I don't think I was. It people uh, exaggerated it. They, they they made it look what it wasn't. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what people did, uh, and that. Uh, you know, he has fifty thousand pounds in his garage. I didn't even have a garage, <laughs> so you know, things like that stories, you know, escalate. You know, the media like it, make it even worse than that. Uh, yeah, I was disappointed what happened, uh, mm -hmm. but I had to, I had to do that, and uh, obviously, the rest is history. Yeah, yeah, quite. But that must have been a bit of a traumatic experience. I expect, you know, getting banged up. I mean, I don't suppose anybody would want to go through that, especially you know, no, when, when no, you've lived. No, experience. Uh, I, I've gone through it, and I mean, obviously. You know, I was at my lowest point, but as I said, um, you know, uh, I, I'm a fighter. Um, I, I believe in myself, and you know, I've, I've come out of that after a very, a very difficult period in my life. Mm. Oh, no question about that. Uh, incredible. Yeah, but um, you didn't really play after that, apart from Port Maddock. Um, well, I, I, I was manager there for a bit, and that, yeah, I manager there, and that, and then um, I just, I just. Uh, got back into uh, into Manchester United and that they, they looked after me in terms of you know, giving me a chance in life and I think everyone deserves a chance, don't they? There's no oh, question about yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's right. You did your time and you know it's over, isn't it? But um, but yeah. also there was this this rather horrible, alarming story that you you know you got attacked by some. A couple of blokes in, in, uh, a, in uh, a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, unfortunately, I, I got caught having sex in the car with a wife. Unfortunately, it wasn't my wife. It was someone else's. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. yeah, OK. So, yeah. so that was very... Uh, an experience. <laughs> uh, but obviously, uh, a little bit mad. That was crazy. I was very lucky that night. I could have been killed, actually. So I was yeah. lucky in that respect. I'm saying, I, I hope at the end of the day, although you got seriously injured, I hope it was well worth it. Oh, uh, well, yeah, without doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Okay. So, um, so that was more or less your football career to a degree. Then coming to a halt. So, 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 where did you go from there? I mean, you know, how did you get into the media and, and um, radio? Well, I had, and what I had have a phone you? call. Um, Jan Mobley used to play for Liverpool. He did a radio show in Liverpool, uh, in uh, Manchester, um, um, a big radio station, uh, Century um, yeah. uh, FM. So, cut a long story short. But they would ask me, would I like to do it? Yeah. So I wasn't really keen on doing it, to be brutally honest. So what happened was I went for an interview and uh, I met the, uh, the boss of the station. Uh, and just don't forget now, I, I, I'm going to do a radio show on my own. I've never done this before. So no. he said to me, um, I just done a little bit of an interview with you, uh, you've got the job like that. <laughs> I thought, oh my God, that wasn't much of an interview. Yeah. So I, 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 I start this radio show 
which became absolutely massive. Um, I, I think in the first two weeks I wanted to leave because I didn't want to argue with anyone. I wasn't that type mm. to do that, you know. I didn't want to argue. But I spoke to a guy, an old guy called Jimmy. Um, I met a football fan from Rochdale who kept saying, "No, oh, you're really good. No, you know, push yourself, go for it." So I persevered with it, and then I became very, very confident on it. Mm. Very, very confident, and then I started doing every Manchester United game, uh, and that, and I'm uh, doing every game uh, at home and away, uh, and that, and then um, they, they decided to change the format, which was more of a benefit for me as well. They tried, they, they got a Liverpool player in Alan Kennedy to come on the radio. They got Graham Sharp, ex Everton centre forward, and Gary Owen, the ex Manchester City. So we, it was in the North West. So I was from Man, I did the Manchester United one, and they did their representative club. So that show became absolutely massive. You know, it was the biggest listened to show in the North West. It broke all numbers in that. It was unbelievable. Um, so I did that for eight years. Yeah, and I decided that I wanted to leave, and I thought, you know, I'll get a lot more work with money. I thought I'll go and work for more for Manchester United, and, mm. and that, that's how it came around, really. Um, and you know, obviously, with a goal I scored against Arsenal, they mentioned that every year on radio and TV. Yeah. So I was getting, and then I did a lot of work for Radio Wales. Uh, I was doing, you know, all that type of stuff. So I was getting lots of media work, and that, you know, even though I'd been retired, I, mm. I seemed to be getting a lot of work, you know, and. A lot of former players now, as you well know, are all on TV. They know a lot of them try to get on TV and, and yeah. get in the media because you know it, it, it can be very rewarding, but yeah. also it can give you a good profile as well. So that that's what happened. Yeah. And you're still doing it? I still do it now. Yeah, I still do radio and that and, and that. Yeah, I did, I did obviously the TV. I did the FA Cup for Wrexham for ITV. Yeah. I did the BBC One. I did the FA Cup draw uh, a few weeks ago, the third round. Uh, draw on BBC so yeah um, I still get lots of uh, opportunity to do some work well now it's time to come up for Mickey's final musical selection and I think once you hear it you'll realise exactly the message he's trying to give you
There we go, the sound of Elton John, and I'm still standing. And you can definitely say Mickey Thomas is still standing. And it's, you know, as you say, it's fairly lucrative, I'm sure. So, you know, and you, 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 it's, it's a nice yeah, sort of. Yeah, it keeps you alive, doesn't it? It keeps yeah. you going, and that, you know, don't forget, you can't kick a ball no more, but you can have an opinion about it. It might not be right what you say, but yeah. at least you can have an opinion. Yeah. Know, and and I, I enjoy that, and that, you know, I mean. Obviously now, a pundit and that now, they can be very, very powerful, you know. So, yeah. you know, what you say sometimes, you know, it can be quite quite strong opinion. It can, it can be big news, can't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, we do, we do a, a, a podcast every week on um, on Three Valleys Radio, which which is, we call it Football Bloody Hell, which is uh, obviously after Sir Alex's comments when, uh, when we beat Barcelona in the uh, Champions League. Uh, but I mean, yeah. it's just—it's just like four or five blokes sat in a pub. We're not sat in a pub, but um, you know, yeah. and, and and I love it. I mean, it, we're doing it again tonight, and oh, I love it. So I, I can quite understand why you enjoy doing it. It's it's. Uh, well, yeah, and it keeps you going, doesn't it? And, and so, you know, yeah. it your brain ticking over and things like that, and that. So it's great. It's yeah, no, really is good. no, absolutely, absolutely. Well, look, Mickey, it's been absolute delight talking to you. Pleasure, sir. Pleasure. But um, but okay. yeah, no, really appreciate you coming on. Um, it's been interesting to say the least, and I'm glad it was really worth it, if you see what I mean. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. It's, it's it's really good, and you know, to talk to to one of my heroes, you know, is is for me personally, is is great because. Um, as I say, I've supported United since 1957. I'm totally red, uh, so to talk to somebody who's played for the club is brilliant. So I can't, I can't help, I can't help but thank you enough, mate. It's been great. I've enjoyed it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Lovely job. Thanks, Mickey. This is Three Valleys Radio. The heart is a blue. And you've been listening to the In Conversation programme with A.D. Hopper. No space to rent in this town. Make sure you join us every week here on Three Valleys Radio. And the reason that you had to care, the traffic is stuck. Place someone you could lend a hand in return.